This is not Paradox, and you are listening to The Training Dummy. With Rob. Oh, yes. I have many, many stories to tell. And Daryl. Would you like to hear one? 9.95 permit. Greetings and welcome to episode 235 of The Training Dummies, recorded on February 19th, 2019. My name is Daryl, and I am drinking my bourbon so that I do not get sick and have to postpone podcast episodes. Rob, are you taking your medicine as well? Uh, um, yeah. If Monster Energy is, that's my medicine. <laughs> yes, I'm doing it. <laughs> right, I've got some sort of cocktail of like some weird uh, anti something or other, and uh, <laughs> right. Monster Energy and the Noon Nun Noon tablets. Yeah. Noon tablets, there throw, you go. Throw it all in one and drink it. As well. yep. yep, we're good. Nice. All right, the reason I mentioned that, I'm taking a, a slight poke at uh, one of our guests tonight. Uh, let's give a big training dummies welcome to Nick and Katie from the Torn and Goblin podcast. <laughs> How are you guys doing this evening? I'm doing great. I'm happy to be recording. I'm doing okay. <laughs> Nick's, Hanging in Nick's there. a little rough. We won't make you talk much, Nick. No. It's only it's only riding on your shoulders, but yeah. I can. <laughs> I mean, I, I can get more horse, so I, ha- I have room to to burn myself out on. Good. So let's All do right. it. You'd fit in. You'd fit in only the alliance then. I was gonna make that stab, but I'm glad someone else poked up that mantle. <laughs> you may uh, recognize Katie from such shows as Saved Me um, at the BlizzCon World Podcasts panel by sitting up there and <laughs> smacking me when i got out of line <laughs> it was a lot of fun <laughs> yeah which you probably should have to be honest but <laughs> uh before we before we get into it um what i want to do is confirm that the big love rocket is not a myth that it does exist and that my grind is over i'm gonna go ahead and put that Congratulations. out there so congrats oh yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> The the struggle I have now is do am I required to main the tune that I got it on because it was not my main tune. <laughs> I feel like that's just your lucky tune now. So like uh-huh. anytime you do any other mount, mount run, you have to do it on that one first. Yeah, I think okay. So the Ashes of Alar I got on a on a warrior alt, and this one the Love Rocket I got on my warlock alt. So yeah, I don't know. I don't so know if invincible? I yeah. But I've been told to go buy a lottery ticket. Maybe I ought to do that. So Maybe you should, yes. Well, we want to talk about uh, Battle for Azeroth. And you guys have both been on before. Why don't we just do a real quick, like, just uh, like catch up with you guys. How's how's uh, the Torn of the Goblin been going? How's What what have you guys been up to? I and mean, Katie has been tolerating us on Friday night. So we'll start off with you, Katie. What's, what's, what's things been looking like for you? Uh, they've been really good. We had a the raid drop, which a lot of people uh, either have gone into or they've done some of the LFR wings. So that's been cool because there are little nuggets of lore in there that are kind of fun to go and poke at. And I've been loving raiding with you guys, so that's been a lot of fun as well. Um, that's pretty much uh, what I've been doing recently because I recently went on a vacation, so I haven't been doing as much of the lore stuff. And we're also anxiously awaiting 815 which is going to hopefully have all the zandalari and kul stuff uh-huh. um so 
And the lore is, I wouldn't call it a lull. Like, it's a little bit of a lull right now, but mm-hmm. it's definitely going to pick up, and I'm trying very hard not to spoil it for myself, and it's very difficult. <laughs> there was a video <laughs> that was released on the Warcraft YouTube channel today that highlighted the uh, Zandalari and uh, Kul Tiran mm-hmm. allied races. So I wonder if that's any sort of indicator that that uh that's coming sooner than we think or i don't know like now that race to world first is over do we think that's going to happen soon and the new little mini raid's going to come out or i don't i don't know what that looks like it's the same item level of gear dropping over there so i don't know if yeah yeah i don't know nick what have you been up to man what are you uh well i've been slowly playing my alliance all uh to see all the story there i just finished drustbar Uh, just got into Stormsong. Uh, I enjoyed Drustvar quite a bit. I'm sure we'll get into the story of Drustvar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I got my Blood Elf Heritage Armor, uh, oh, which nice. was a problem oh, because I, I, I didn't realize until too late that I didn't have Exalted with Silvermoon on my Blood Elf, which surprised me because mm-hmm. I just thought that was something I had done. So I had to waste some time uh, running uh, the Time Walking Dungeons. Uh, you can put, equip the tabard and go into the time walking dungeons oh. and you get the rep. Mm. So it worked out very well. I got some gear out of there too, and then I was able to go and, and do the little quest for the, the heritage armor. And I thought, I thought that was very well done. It was a nice little, a nice little journey through the story of Warcraft Three and Silvermoon and Ghostlands. Uh, but instead of seeing it from like the Warcraft Three campaign view, you got to see it up close and personal. You know, mm-hmm. from your Warcraft character, you know, over the shoulder third person perspective, um, and it made the story I thought a lot more personal. Um, so very yeah. well done on that. Yeah, that was that was actually really fun to to go back and do that. Um, do you have to do the in time walking, or can you just start on the tavern and just go do the old? Oh, you can do yeah. any dungeon. It just worked out for me. I needed gear, mm-hmm. and the time walking, you know, currency is a bonus, and so I kind of nice. killed a few birds with one stone yeah. on that. Cool, right on. Sweet. Well, Daryl, uh, we we know these are friends of the family. They're family. It's like Olive Garden. Yes. When you're here, you're family. So. <laughs> Wait, do you guys have unlimited breadsticks? Except don't go to Olive Garden. <laughs> uh, yeah, we do, in fact. And if not, we'll go get sure. some more. So. Well, let's go. get into it, man. Do you have any other questions before we start rocking the story? I don't think so. Well, if you guys have any questions or comments or want to find out what we're doing, we are active on Twitter. The show is at Training Dummies. I am at Rob Copeland, and Daryl is at Daryl underscore TTD. And also, if you like the show and want to support us, you can check out our Patreon over at patreon.com slash training dummies. No obligation, of course. We are just super hyped that you listen. I'm serious about that, too. All right. So because we were super rushed and didn't have any time to talk about any of this before we started... um, I don't know where we should where we should jump in because technically the lore for and story of Battle for Azeroth starts when Sargeras puts his giant sword into Azeroth. That sparks everything because that's when the Azerite starts coming out. That's when Sylvanas and Anduin are both trying to get it, and that's kind of sparks the war. Mm-hmm. So we want to just go over that quickly as the the start of the story for BFA. Yeah, I think a good place to start is just briefly brushing over Christine Golden's novel Before the Storm, because that kind of encapsulates what happens just like shortly after Sargeras. Like, it seems like a couple months might have gone by, you know, after you mm-hmm. defeat the Legion and everyone's home and they had just done like giant parades in Orgrimmar, that kind of stuff. And everyone's kind of like, OK, it's a moment of peace. Like the world thinks that there's going to be peace, except now there's Azerite spilling out and everyone realizes they can use it for a weapon. Mm. Um, and so... Right after Legion, it 
just it kind of snowballs like you were saying um the everyone thought it was going to be like this great era of peace and sylvanas is like hey let's go let's go poke the bear i got this really nice stick here i'm just gonna go set it on fire and then we're gonna have a little fire party over in teldrassil you're getting ahead of yourself again though that's true okay all right all right i was trying to be brief but <laughs> oh boy, we bit off. All right, we haven't even started, and we bit off more than we could chew. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the whole, the whole point of before the storm is that there's this relative peace as everybody starts gathering the Azerite, and so Anduin, uh, you know, in a moment of uh, generosity, reaches out to the horde and says, "Hey, why don't we try to reunite the Forsaken from Lordaeron with their surviving family members that are down here in Stormwind, and we'll have a little meeting. It'll be up in Arafi Highlands." And everybody will get along super well. And Sylvanas can't comprehend that Anduin would actually be like a nice person and want to do this for a, a good reason. She's thinking he's got some kind of ulterior motive. So she goes along sort of begrudgingly, expecting there to be some kind of double cross or something. Meanwhile, Kalia Menethil shows up because uh, she's part of all this. Since she was in the Priest Order Hall. And then you have Alonzis Fowl, who's the undead, who's kind of pushing all this to go along as well. And... Everybody converges in the Arafi Highlands, and then that's when Kalia makes herself known. And Sylvanas is like, aha, that's the usurper that's trying to take over my people. And she kills everybody. Yep. And that's before the storm, basically, in a nutshell. Yes. I like spoilers. It. Obviously, there's spoilers. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, can I, I just... Spoilers can, I, can I just give it, uh, a spoiler warning now? Because... I don't know if we're going to talk about spoilers or not, but I love to. And if something comes up, I'm not going to not talk about it. Fair. Okay. I mean, we're going to talk. I don't think we need to go. We have enough more to cover that hasn't that has already happened. <laughs> I know. To but get into what still is yet to happen. Like, oh, by the way, yeah, we did you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, if it's in the game, we're going to talk about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. So uh, that was a good. That's a good jumping off point, and and that was what brought us into. The Teldrassil campaign, mostly, because yeah, I believe okay. that's where A Good War and Eulogy, I think, there's the Alliance and the Elegy. War. Elegy, sorry. Uh -huh. um, they, those were those start to kick off, and those right. happen so simultaneously, which uh -huh. is cool. So yeah, both those of those... Were really cool. Yeah, sorry. I was going to say, it's, it's cool because it's was, an Alliance and a Horde. And that was basically the three, like, kind of cinematic little shorts that we got that were the, I don't know, pre-patch kind of story that what was it it was sylvanas jaina and uh ashara ashara yeah yeah. Azara, yeah yeah and so we burned down the tree and we all lived <laughs> happily ever after <laughs> so. yeah about that <laughs> that's uh the the tree is probably out of everything that's happened burning down the tree is like was kind of as a horde player even i felt like that was a bit much yeah well i, I think know. it was kind of cool as for me being someone that really enjoys the lore to watch the whole community strongly react to this mm -hmm. i mean i didn't want to burn the tree either but it was kind of fun to take a step back and be like wow everybody's really worked up about this like fight people are finally excited about the lore mm -hmm. maybe not for a good reason but it's exciting <laughs> <laughs> agitated might be a better word yeah, yeah agitated no, is kidding, a better word <laughs> yeah. people are ready yeah. to like set each other on fire after all that there was a lot of hostility i don't know daryl do you do you feel like the that was over the line was it okay was it you know all's fair in love and war i don't know i know we're you know we're all for the horde here and everything but like it seemed like i don't know man it seemed unnecessary it was probably, 
Sorry, I'm getting a little robot here, but yeah, I think it was. It might have been. Uh, it was probably a little much. Like, look, really, I think Sylvanas just wanted to bite everyone for s'mores, and and it got out of hand. <laughs> that's that's all that happened. That's it. She. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. She just wanted to have an yeah. old an old fashioned around the tree and make some s'mores and. <laughs> Somebody pulled out the burning tree toy and. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Blizzard. Blizzard was so sly at that time. Because I remember his horde, like I felt terrible watching that happen, and I was like, I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm kind of mm-hmm. lost. And then for three days, I think it was three days, it was, it felt like wandering the wilderness. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere at midnight, they give us our redemption in the form of old soldier, where that just comes out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then we get Sorfang, and we see like it's okay to feel lost. Sorfang is with you. Sorfang will lead you to the promised land. Mm-hmm. So take him and take Zakan by the hand and go with them and take your shoulder pads off mm-hmm. and, and support, <laughs> you know, or don't support the war chief. Mm-hmm. You know what's so you know what's so great about that too, and I know this was brought up when when it first happened though, but it was like that that wasn't a knee jerk reaction on Blizzard's part to to try and compensate for how no. butthurt everyone no. was about the tree. It was a very extremely well crafted delivery of hey this super jacked up thing happened and oh hey look it's okay to not be okay with it and like even internally even these people that are horde bleed horde through and through are not okay with it and and that's okay for you too and that was like super rad of them to to hand that out afterwards i want to jump ahead to what what uh what did you guys pick in the war campaign when it got to that point but we're not that far yet. I gotta, <laughs> I gotta stop here. <clears throat> all right, so, all right, we burn the tree. Uh, Sarfang is like, nope. <laughs> Zakan is like, nope. <laughs> Where do we go from there? Well, I think we can launch pretty much into BFA because B- BFA starts at the Battle of Lordaeron, um, mm-hmm. and that in itself was difficult uh, as someone that has a friend that is loves Lordaeron. I got to see her struggle through this, but mm-hmm. um, people might have been able to, if they were on the PTR, they could do the, the scenario, but what's cool is on the Horde side when you're going through, first of all, the Horde and the Alliance sides are different, but the Horde side when you're going through, you can actually, if you stop and pay attention, you can see goblins that are rigging up bombs, because you're supposed to be running around and telling civilians to get out of Lordaeron. You're like, get out of Lordaeron, get out! Like, you have no idea what's going on, but, you know, you know that everyone needs to leave. And it's like, okay, we're getting all the civilians out. We're all going to go fight outside after this. Well, turns out something a little more sinister is going on. Uh, and so the Alliance side, you try to fight all the way up to the gate, and then there's plague everywhere. So how are they going to get by? Jaina comes out in a giant boat. I'm still salty about that part. Wait, um- <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I had a hard time not cheering for her when that happened, so... I guess. Yeah, okay. Gonna I mean, crumble about it. Like Jaina and the magic flying pirate ship coming to <laughs> to whoop some butt. I mean that was that was pretty legit. Like especially since that she had kind of disappeared for a little while and we you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. So the Alliance is able to siege up to Lordaeron. Uh eventually they kind of take it over, they take Sarafang captive. And that's kind of where the, the cinematic comes into play, where they break down the door. And this was one of the coolest cinematics I think they've done in a long time. Uh, Taryn Gregory and his group do a great job of relating cinematics back to other cinematics. So mm-hmm. um, this one was uh, 
from the Alliance side, you see Anduin walk under the arches of Lordaeron, which is just like Arthas from Warcraft 3. And actually, if you mm-hmm. watch them side by side, it's really cool. Because um, there's like same camera angles and I'm nerding out here. But uh, <laughs> so they, you know, Anduin and Gen and Jaina and I want to say there's one more with them. Oh, oh yeah, Illyria. Yeah, so they, they break down the door and Sylvanas is sitting there all smug in the throne. And it's like, oh, how nice of you to drop by in my house. Just... <laughs> well, I guess I should have finished that part because we, we, we have to cover the horde side that happens right before they bust in. Okay, well, I mean, we can do that too if you'd like. Well, yeah, so real quickly, sure. uh, before they bust in, all the horde leaders are okay. in there and Bane and Sylvanas get into an argument about leaving Sorfang out there basically to die. Mm-hmm. And I only mention that because maybe there's a chance the Bane and Sylvanas uh, conflict might resurface itself again soon. I don't mm-hmm. know. It does resurface itself, I believe. But that's way that far, though. That is a spoiler. <laughs> well, it might not be. So it's like, yeah, okay. That's like current stuff, not stuff that's even come out yet. So anyway, we're getting really far ahead of our See, I told you, spoilers. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, so, you know... Admittedly, Bane is very upset, which is really cool um, that they did a great job expressing that. And he leaves. And what's interesting is on the Horde side, uh, Sylvanas tells Nathanos to go. She's like, go, my champion. She hands him her bow. Mm-hmm. And I totally thought something more sinister was going to happen. Like he's yeah. going to launch arrows at people or something. Uh, but he doesn't. And he just goes off. Uh, this is when the Alliance breaks down the door and she's sitting in the throne and being kind of a badass i'm just saying she's just kind of like eh, being sylvanas yeah being sylvanas <laughs> but um yeah so this was kind of a cool um cinematic because we get to see her i don't know more or less being the queen of Lordaeron, a title that she kind of sort of has right she's the banshee queen this is her home i don't know people have broken in but she has a sinister plan right so they break in and she tells uh, anduin to muzzle his dog which is <clears throat> again <laughs> and was- uh, mm. uh, yeah i, I Really enjoyed that quip. But um, you can actually see when Anduin's confronting Sylvanas that even like Jaina behind him looks confused. Like she didn't know uh, about some of the atrocities that happened. Like it kind of looked like she didn't even know about Teldrassil. Um, but from there, um, you know, they say like, oh, yeah, we're going to like surrender peacefully, Sylvanas, or, you know, whatever. And she basically tells him to stuff it and turns into a banshee and flies out a ceiling that doesn't exist. Or a glass ceiling that doesn't exist? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it does. It does. You have to look for it, but it is there, actually. Is it? I thought it, it wasn't. No, okay. yeah. The, the, the architecture is a little bit wonky, but it, it works. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but it, this was actually cool because, um, as I said before, you can see goblins that are rigging explosives. It turns out that they are rigging plague bombs, and they've plagued all of Lordaeron. Uh, and this plague is special because it doesn't just affect living, but it also affects the undead. So it's like the necrotic plague from Northrend, which is real bad stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of interesting that Sylvanas played the if I can't have it, nobody can have it card. So mm-hmm. yeah. that's what happened to Lordaeron. So now it's Teldrassil and Lordaeron are uninhabitable. But it felt like she she knew that was coming. She like that was seemed like it was almost her plan, right? Because the whole thing was was rigged to go up anyways or right i mean because as the at one point as you're running through you're seeing all the all the vials of mm-hmm. blight and everything you know the big carts of it everywhere and you're kind of like oh well they're this is basically ready to just get trashed so 
Yeah, no, she's definitely been planning that that part of it, like them confronting Lordran from there. She, I, I'm not totally convinced that she was originally planning to burn Teldrassil, uh-huh. but just kind of rolled with the punches, like, okay, it's burned. I poked the bear. Let's see what happens. Yeah, which isn't a very Sylvanas reaction, but. I don't know. It's kind of tough to predict her movements in a way, which is a lot of fun. Well, gi- uh, like giving up, giving up that whole area, like that's a big deal. Like you said to mm-hmm. your friend, to a lot of players, right? That's that's been yeah. that's been a horde area for a long time. So it seemingly felt like we didn't really put up much of a fight for it. We were kind of like drew them in just to just to like burn it down and walk away, so to speak. Well, I think part of the plan though wasn't wasn't just to like sacrifice the area was to sacrifice the area at great cost to the opponent like she got everybody out of she got as many people out of undercity as she could before Mm. they pulled the blight bombs i mean obviously in the conflict and the skirmish there were people who were were killed and there were people that she willingly sacrificed and immediately resurrected uh skeletons to fight for her but the plan was drawing the alliance and then blight the whole area so that sure we lose Order on an undercity, mm-hmm. but they lose their leaders. I mean, yes. I don't think she, she obviously yeah. count on Jaina a being able to neutralize the plague to bring them into the city at the beginning, and also, um, and also just to be able to teleport everybody away. I mean, Jaina really saves the day with that bubble that she pops up and then ports everybody out of there. Mm-hmm. If Jaina wasn't there, then you get Anduin, you get Gen, you get Illyria, and I don't know what other uh, I don't know what other alliance leaders you might have gotten Jaina's absence. I feel like those are the ones that she wants the most. Also, it's it's interesting. Well, it's interesting because she has definitely uh, tensions with her sister. You saw that in the Three Sisters comic, Um, Mm -hmm. and her and Gen are such good friends. Um, But then also, it's fun to kind of see her reaction to Anduin in Before the Storm, like we were talking about. And she always thinks he's up to something. You know, she's like, well, you know, the little lion. Like she's always underestimating him and. I'm not underestimating him, but she's, like, devaluing him. He's like, oh, yeah, you're not that, you know, that good of a leader or whatever. And she starts to respect him a little bit more as, like, the time goes on in the book, not much. But, mm-hmm. yeah, if she was able to take out those three players, and if she had gotten Jaina for some reason, she's like, oh, no, I'm out of magic because I just flew a giant ship in from nowhere and then launched magical cannons at a mm-hmm. wall and then froze all of Lord Run, but I still have mana. And I'm like, please give me your mana pool because that would be great. Um, salty, she's a salty. raid boss, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. She is a raid boss. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right. Jaina's a raid boss. She can do all of that stuff. Yeah, I've got to let her have that. I'm still salty. I'm still salty. I'm just... That's all right. Nope. Okay. <laughs> going going back for a minute, you mentioned that Sylvanas kind of not, like expects more out of Anduin, expecting him to be some sort of military commander that he's not. He's just kind of like, you know, a kid leading the kingdom and surprising her in that regard. And I wonder if they're not setting up a moment where Sylvanas is going to be like, oh, Anduin's doing something. No, 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 he's not doing something. He's just being that good-hearted kid that he always is. And actually, secretly, because I don't think she knows that he's actually working with Sorfang at this point. Mm-hmm. She knows Sorfang escaped the prison and Sorfang is his own threat, but I don't think she knows that the two of them are actually allied together. And I'm so just... I wonder if they're not setting something up where she's going to be like, oh, Anduin and Sorfang, they're not doing anything. I just have to worry about Sorfang. And that's when Anduin's actually going to show like, ha ha, tactical genius, bam. And that's how he gets the upper hand on her. I don't know. Like, 
I feel like Sylvanas is one of those people that she sees enemies everywhere, right? So whether or not they're, you know, colluding together, she'd be like, oh, well, you know, the enemy of my enemy is not my friend, necessarily, in this case. Everyone's my enemy. Um, mm. I, I don't know, like, I just, I think that she would be like, okay, even if they do team up, I can take them. Like, I know both, like, they have weak points, so I know what Sarfang's weak points are. Like, at this point, it sounds like she knows that he's kind of gone off, although, yeah, that's a little further in the future. But yeah, so she knows that Sarfang does go rogue, and I would, I wouldn't, I don't think she'd be surprised to think that he turned, like, to the Alliance sort of deal, just, yeah, uh, I don't know, man. Back. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't, it's not quite like a Game of Thrones situation where, where people are the, I don't know, the loyalties, like, I I feel like it's with the Horde especially that, like, somebody like Sorrowfang or, or like a, like a pretty prominent Horde figure isn't gonna, isn't gonna be the last thing anybody would would expect would be Sorrowfang working with or, or even (laughs) making any sort of deal with, with the Alliance. I don't know. I don't believe that necessarily. Like, don't forget he was also in Northrend, and, like, there was a lot of kind of, like, contentions, working together, trying to kill each other. Like, it's just one of those where I know, we know, as the players, that the Horde means so much to him that Uh I believe he's willing to set things, some things aside, old grievances, grudges. You know, he's seen a lot of death. He doesn't seem to think that, you know, like, his son dying, right? It's Uh There's a lot of things that are, he doesn't have anything left to live for. um, He thinks. Uh, yeah. besides the Horde. And so, since that means so much to him, I could see him being like, okay, I'm going to bury this metaphorical hatchet, uh, not in Malfurion's back. Sorry, <laughs> couldn't help it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, he, he could try and turn to the Alliance and say, okay, we need to take Sylvanas out. She is a problem. You've seen what she can do firsthand. Uh-huh. We need to team up to take her out, and then we can try and kill each other. He so. could have killed Malfurion there. He totally yeah, he could have. So it was an honorable. Yeah, so it was a dishonorable yeah. blow, and he got away again, which is good. I like Malfurion. It just we lose so many uh, horde leaders all the time. I'm not gonna get up on that soapbox. So yeah, you can, but I think, like I said, we man, we got a lot. We got a lot to get through, and we're yeah, barely we still talking about <laughs> the the pre patch. Yeah, the pre patch yeah. stuff. Okay. Um. Shoot, man. I almost feel like. Maybe we want to cut this down, or or like carve out a piece and focus on that, or something. I don't know. Well, let's just see where we where we land, and if we end up having to come back later for a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth part. Yeah, yeah. We lost a little bit of Daryl. It's okay. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to be strong here and, and carry. We'll, we'll we'll carry on together. We've got you guys here to help keep us on track. But okay, so let's get into. Uh, I don't know. Do you want to jump into uh, Horde side from there or Alliance side from there? Nick, I mean, I feel like I can have the most to say about the Horde side. So if we went to the Alliance side, <laughs> you know, side... Oh, shoot, man, I know Nick <laughs> said he had had a had kind of prepared for the Alliance side, knowing that that was maybe where we I were can gonna... I can do the Horde side though. I'm fine with that. All right, all right. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make an executive call here tonight. We're gonna talk uh, primarily Horde, um, and then we'll we'll schedule we'll we'll schedule it up later because we're I mean I'm seeing what time it is and we're. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for the sake of uh doing what we're doing we're gonna we're gonna do the thing so okay let's uh let's go into then uh leading into getting on boats and driving across the ocean and coming to zandalar and all that uh 
either one of you. Katie, why don't you why don't you jump it up from there? Alright, so I'm just going to gloss over this scenario because it's kind of important and cool. Um, but on the Horde side, you have to go and liberate a political ally, I guess, at this point. It's like, yeah. Sylvanas is like, go get my stuff back. And I'm like, that's kind of a, not a nice way to put it, but okay. So Sylvanas sends you and a team in to go liberate a political prisoner. Uh, and you go actually sneak through the Stormwind sewers. It's pretty cool. But on the way, you see Saurfang, and you're like, hey, you know, Saurfang, like, I, I thought that, you know, that was the person that we were going to go rescue. But he's like, you're not here for me. Go on. And you're like, well, dude, you, you're not coming? He's just like, no. And he, he grumps out. Uh, and so you leave Saurfang there. Um, you go rescue Princess Talanji, who is the princess of the Zandalari trolls and her advisor, Zul. Uh, and so you escort them out. Um, through a series of events, you get down to the docks, Jaina finds you, that's bad, but we still get on a ship and we start to race out of there. Mm. Um, there's a cool cutscene where she calls on her Loa, Rizan, this giant uh, T-Rex Loa, and he helps bring wind to her sails in the ship, and they blast off forwards, and there's a bunch of ships chasing you, and then Zandalari launch a bunch of cannons, I guess is the best word for them. Ballista, maybe? Um, they sink mostly line ships, but one, you know, leave mm. the one survivor. And that's how we get to Zuldazar. Um, it's a fantastic cutscene. It's really cool, and I'm not doing it any justice. Um, but <laughs> Nick, <laughs> Nick's really cool. dying here, right? <laughs> I know. I'm sorry, Nick. I'm just I'm going through this as fast as you can. we got to get to good stuff. I mean, this is all good stuff. <sighs> okay. You get off the boat. Now, uh, here we are <laughs> in Zuldazar, or Dazaralor. Sorry, the names are inconsistent. Um, Zuldazaralor. <laughs> Desar, you you get off the boat in Desarlor. We'll just go over that. Okay. Do you want to, Nick? Would you like oh, to take? Yeah, it? no. So you, you get off the boat, boat in Desarlor, and then you go, and Talanji starts showing you around to people, and basically she's setting you up to meet sort of uh, the villains that you're going to wind up facing off with later. You you talk to Yasma oh, a little dude. bit, part of the Zanchuli yeah. Council. Uh, you talk to Jack Rosette, the general who's out in Voldoon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he really kind of comes at you like I don't want to deal with you. You get, you're terrible, and the king's going to have you executed. But then you fly up to the top of the pyramid where the king is, uh, Rastakhan, Talanji's father, and he's like, okay, like you guys saved my daughter. We'll, we'll let you guys stay here for now. You, you know, champion, you get to be speaker of the horde because, you know, you're sort of the prominent member here. He's like, stick around and, and see what, you know, if you want to have an alliance with us, show us what you can do. And so you talk to Falangi, and she's like, yeah, we got problems in Voldoon, we got problems in Nazmir, mm-hmm. we got problems in Zoldazar. Where do you want to go first? Once you take care of all these problems, then my father, the king, who's kind of been slacking on the job and letting these problems fester, where do you want to go and, and, and start with? And so I'll, I'll throw that question to you then. Where do you want to start? I mean, I started in Zuldazar. I think it's a good place to start because you get a good feeling for um, just kind of the culture of the Zandalari. Um I like, so you start, I like starting in Zuldazar for one reason. So I can do that, work my way over to that stupid quest to get the little speed boost totems that are around the pyramid. <laughs> because I, that is, it's not much, but it helps a little bit. So. I, heard, I, I have the speed boost totems too, and everything I've read says that the Paku totems are actually better for flying. Because if you're mounted, you don't get the speed boost. So yeah, you do. Often are you, actually, like, running around you get the speed mounted. boost if you're mounted? I don't think so. Yeah. 
I'm... It's okay. I was gonna say the Paku totem. Sometimes you click on one and it'll take you somewhere you don't want to go and you can't get up. And then you're like, well, that's the, well, the there's an again, there's an add on for the Paku totems that will actually show you on your map like which ones go where. Hmm. But uh, that's actually yeah. really helpful. <laughs> Sometimes it's bad guesswork. <laughs> hey, you know what, man? I'm here to help. I'm here to help. <laughs> <laughs> that's my Jaina impression. Flawless. I loved it. <laughs> Alright, so Zul'dazar, I believe, uh, is mostly, well, not mostly Zul, but I think you, well, first of all, you run into Yasma, like you were saying, uh -huh. uh, which is, for any of those of you who have ever watched The Emperor's New Groove, she makes a reference to it, which is pretty good. Um, but, so she's the spider, right? So her Loa is Shadra the spider. Um, and she has you go do a couple of things. It's clear that she's just kind of yanking you around, like, yeah, yeah, go do my dirty work oh, you know, there are blood trolls in the city, and you're like, uh, this could be a problem, right? And she's like, oh, no, no, it's fine. Like, they just crop up every now and again. You're like, that's a little suspicious. Like, I, I think no, this no, is no, a it's cool. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, and so uh, I'm trying to remember what exactly happens after that. But you, I know you go around and you meet a couple of different people. You actually meet the Zantul, I can't Zantul say it. Council. Thank you. Yes, you do. Which is uh, Rawl and his Loti. And they have their two Loa, which is Paku and Gonk, respectively. Uh -huh. the, the raptor and the pterodactyl. Um, and so that's how, that's your speed boost uh, quest right there, is you go and you <laughs> listen to them banter at each other quite a bit uh, and talk about, you know, their patron Loa and why it's cool. And you get a good sense of the Zandalari culture, like why their Loa are important to them mm. and what they kind of stand for. Um, so that's that chunk and i think the other one is zool is that correct yes yeah, yeah, dude yeah, don't Zool's get there. me started now doing doing <laughs> that quest line now after after old year and after everything we know now man i freaking i hate that portion of of that zone where you have to go and like help him out yeah so he has a it's not an apprentice but he was like a, a shaman that trained under Zul and Zul's like oh he's been spewing false prophecies I guess I'll go snuff him out well she, he doesn't want to snuff him out the king King Rasakon's like you go take care of this mess because yeah. it's your mess don't just send the hero out there to do dirty work like you go do it and Zul kind of hobbles off grumbling uh, but you meet him there and what's cool is after you've done all the other zones and if you come back and do it on a different character you start to realize what this other troll is prophesizing. He's like, this is bad. Like, this is evil. Like, bad stuff is going to happen. Bad stuff's going to go down. Like, everything uh -huh. he says is true. And everyone is just like, oh, no, he's crazy. Obviously, Zul is good. <clears throat> and, uh, yeah, so you actually destroy him. You destroy his... I think there's a totem he has at the end that uh, allows him to resurrect. And you destroy that as well. So, uh -huh. Zul puts an end to that real quick. Uh, it makes you... It, it makes you feel kind of bad. You're like, this does, this is, you know, the whole Yasma thing was bad. This is bad. Um, and I believe the, I think this, that's the shot when this leads up to the Shadra bit where, um, things start to go south pretty quickly. So. Is that fair yeah. enough? Yeah. Well, that's, yeah, because you go to find Shadra, the, the spider Loa, and that's when, that's when you find out that Yasma is consuming her. Uh, kind of like the trolls up in, uh, Zoldrak were consuming their low to get their powers, mm -hmm. uh, and then you realize that you got there too late, and so Yasma, very clearly a bad guy, and she kind of goes off, and, and you failed to save Shadra at that point. Yeah, and I think this is, um, from there, the the Loa start to gather, they're like, holy cow, you know, the Loa, as much as they fight with each other for followers, 
you know, they respect each other enough to be like, this is bad. Like, one of us has died. You know, we're primal spirits. We kind of watch over the land. How dare they consume one of us? You know, that's like a huge insult. And obviously it's bad. Um, but so you go around, you start to get all the Loa together. You get Gonk and Paku and Razan. Um, and um, actually, I forgot a, a tiny step. So you go back. I remember you race back to the, the castle and then that's when the great betrayal happens, when Zul literally stabs King Rastakhan in the back. Uh, I don't know how you could forget this part, but you actually wind up flying him to a little village, and then he dies, and you have to go get his soul from the afterlife. So you have to go plead with Wansamdi and Razan. Uh -huh. Yeah, hearing Razan smack talk Wansamdi is like, it's not me, don't, don't get mad at me, Wansamdi, I'm just, I'm sort of the messenger here. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's when, you know, Things kind of come to a head in Zul'dazar, like, everything has kind of fallen apart, like, there were assassins all over the place, it seems like Zul and all of his followers and Yasma have taken over the kingdom, mm -hmm. uh, many more blood trolls than uh, anyone thought, and that's when you have to gather all the Loa, because they're going to go and um, kind of take back, see, I think they go to, oh boy, I'm kind of muddling this timeline a little bit, I apologize, I'm jumping around, but... Well, it's kind of weird, because, <laughs> like, we've... You know, feels like the expansion is still relatively new, but we've done a lot in the past. Yes. You know, in the past six months, or when you know, when did it come out? August. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we've done a lot. We've we've had a, a full raid tier. You know, there's a. I don't know if there's been more story this expansion than in previous ones, but it does feel like we've we have done a crap ton of stuff, and I think it's. Uh, I think <laughs> Re rehashing it is like, wait a minute. What? Yeah. Well, I think they took all the teams that worked on those, was it uh, 11 the class, class hall yeah, storylines? Uh -huh. And they had them work on just two massive faction storylines with so many pieces. Uh -huh. And they so interconnect in ways that you don't even see unless you're like playing through them both at the same time to even see how they kind of weave together. Yeah, yeah. It's, so Daryl and I have made a point to like go back and and uh, play through some of the alliance side stuff, and you know, and you're seeing stuff that at the time you're you're like, wait a minute, I had I had no idea. You know, I'm trying to think of something off the top of my head that really stuck out to me, but there, but it's just like you said, these even across across different factions, this stuff was really built from the ground up to yeah. to kind of I don't know, blow your there's, mind a little bit. But. There's a moment in Voldoon that I think exemplifies this, and we'll, I'll hold off on mentioning that until we get to the Voldoon part. Um, but to sort of wrap up the, the, the Zoldazar story, you know, you get Rastakhan back from Razan, and then you go back and you reclaim you reclaim Dazar lore again, and at that point, you've pushed Zol out, you don't know where Zol went. Yasma uh -huh. went off to Atal Dazar. Mm -hmm. uh, and so you go there with Razan, and then that's when she kills Razan, resurrects him as an undead dinosaur dude and then that's sort of the the big the, the worst the worst i don't know that was it, the worst man well like, the, the thing is like, yeah it's like if any, like i knew that was coming like i knew he was an undead boss mm -hmm. in that dungeon and i'm just like oh this i mean there's even the one part when razan is sort of lording over Bonsamdi, and Bonsamdi says to him like be seeing you soon like mm -hmm. he just teasing him because you you know mm -hmm. even somebody knows that razan's time is short so yeah yeah i think that was that was probably uh in at least as far as leveling goes that was one of the moments that actually made me really mad 
like watching I mean yes you knew it if you had played through the dungeon or any, or any of that but like actually seeing it happen I got like I felt attacked personally watching <laughs> watching Razan just get wrecked and now all of a sudden I gotta fight him yeah I think one of the biggest things to take away is Razan was the Loa of the royal family like he is the king of the Loas and that's mm. one of the reasons it really punches you in the gut because he's supposed to be like the most powerful Zandalari Loa yeah um and when he dies, actually, he's the one that's been granting the king eternal life, essentially. And so when he dies, Rastakhan suddenly is mortal again. He's like, oh, crap, I'm starting to age rapidly. This is bad. Mm. Everything's falling apart. Like, just everything hits the fan in the worst way. So the gut punch that the king of the Loa is lost... Rastakhan is rapidly aging. You're not sure if he's gonna die, and then they just kind of like, and that's Zoldazar, and you're like, but <laughs> wait a minute, like that's <laughs> what, what happens. So let's let's move over to Voldoon real quickly, and then we'll finish up in Nazmir because uh, I right. want to make the point that I was gonna make before. Okay. Um, so Voldoon, it's where they send the exiles. We know General Jack Rosette is is out there. He's do, he's up to something shady, uh, and in particular, there's one. Uh, you start asking some of the guards, and they're all very hostile to you. You know, like, don't ask about Voldoon. You're going to wind up sent there as an exile. But you find there are some guards who one of their friends was exiled, and they're, they're going to go look for her. So you go with them. Uh, you fly over. You see Jack Rosette. And he's working with the Sethrak that are there. They shoot you down. Mm-hmm. And so you crash, and you encounter the Volpira. And so they help you get out, and then you, you find out about the Volpira who are there, and they're sort of working with the resistance against the Sethrak to sort of cl- claim the zone again. And uh, so you wind up working your way through the zone as you're trying to follow these leads to find this person who's missing. Uh, it takes you to the temple of Akunda, where everybody is named Akunda, because the Loa, who's the thunder lizard mm-hmm. uh, Loa, makes people forget. They have a little valley there where their memories are, are lost. So you go down to the valley to recover the memories, and when you're doing that, you find out that the guy who's kind of running the show has actually made Akunda forget his memories, and the whole the whole thing is corrupt, and he's using it for his own power. Mm-hmm. So you go back, you kill him, you free Akunda, everybody gets their memory back, and you team up again with Rakira, who was the guard who had been exiled. Now you found her. Now at this point, you have to go and take care of the Sethrak. So you go up to the, the northern part, and you meet up with Vorik, and this is what I was talking about earlier, is you get to Vorik, and there's three stones that he has to protect. And these stones are guarding the uh, Cthraxi Mithrax, who is trapped under Voldoon. And what had happened earlier is he had come, he had come in to attack Voldoon way, way back in the past. Sethralis, the snake Loa, sacrificed herself to trap him there, and then Vorik... And his two friends, and I can't remember their names right now, uh, but they use their stones to trap Mithrax there, and they're supposed to be the guardians that prevent Mithrax from being released. Mm-hmm. Well, Jacques Rosette, working for Zol, wants to release Mithrax because then he can, you know, help the Xantrali take over and let Zul's prophecies uh, proceed. So you get there, and Vork has one stone already. And what's interesting is that. Vork actually starts out with no stones, but if you play the Alliance side, when the Alliance sets up their base in Voldoon, they help Vorik recover his stone so that he takes it to the temple, puts it in there. So mm. when the Horde comes in later, they see Vorik's already got a stone. Hmm. And that's one of those little, incons- not an inconsistency, but it's one of those little crossover moments that I didn't even re- register mm-hmm. for me. I had to learn about that, I think, from a novel video that... 
there's the way that these stories overlap and how time like there's definitely an order to these events and i i have i struggle to maintain it but yeah as a player you don't necessarily see that right like you had no idea that 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 happened first and it's not super super relevant but but it but it's intentional right yes i think that's Sorry, I was going to say, that's kind of the unique thing that we've been talking about with BFA, is instead of, like, in Northrend, where all of the quest hubs just tell little stories, mm. all of the quest hubs inter- interweave with themselves mm. to tell all the zone story, and then also little individual stories as you go along. So, that's definitely different, I think. Uh, I think they did a little bit in Legion, but I feel like it's much better polished uh, in BFA, in my opinion. But, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. No, no, I like, uh, you know, Nick made that really good point earlier. I think a lot of the folks that have put a lot of that really detailed, big, long story into, like, the class halls and, and everything that happened in Legion, like, it, those are probably the same folks that are working on this stuff now. And it is like, yeah, it's it's like watching, you know, a season of your favorite show where you're, man, Nick and I are going to start talking about Lost here in a minute, but, like, <laughs> where all of a sudden... <laughs> You're like, holy crap, wait a minute, that was from last season, and they did that, and, you know, and it's like, oh, crap, that's, oh, so that person's in the hatch now, and, like, you know, <laughs> and all these things where you're like, they set that up, like, two years ago, and we had no idea, you know, like, yeah, yeah, I'm down. It's, it's very well handled, and so, real quickly, to get back to the Voldoon story, um, so the, they have the, the three stones that they have to assemble so they can keep it out of the the Sethrax, the, the faithless, they're the bad Sethrax, mm-hmm. keep it out of their hands. And so they have, they get the, they have Vork stone, they go, they get the other stone, they got two stones now, mm-hmm. and then they have to go and defeat the emperor to get the third stone. And they go to face him, and when you beat, you go out into the, the Sethrak headquarters, and you go and you beat him, and then you realize he doesn't have the stone, he had actually sent Jack Rosette to go and with his stone, get the other two stones, and then mm-hmm. he can unleash Mithrax. So you chase Jack Rosette down. There's a temple in Voldoon. You go under the temple. That's where Mithrax is. He goes down mm-hmm. there, and he's sacrificing people in order to undo the ritual to release Mithrax, and he needs just a little more blood, so he tries to kill you, but he doesn't. You you wound him severely, and then he realizes, I just need my own blood. He jumps into the pit. Mithrax comes out, and now Mithrax is unleashed and ready to be a boss in Aldir. Yes. And a giant pain in the butt. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Mitch Just had to throw that in there. Yeah, that one, man, that one on Heroic was nasty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of failure in this. Yeah, in on the worst it doesn't feel like a good campaign. Like, you go through all the zones, you're just like, ah, I just keep getting beaten up. Like, you mm. feel like, I really need a win for the team, mm-hmm. and I'm just not getting a win for any yeah, team right It's so now. weird to come off the tail of, like, off Legion and having such a strong finish to that, and then going into, you know, Sylvanas just kind of being Sylvanas and burning the tree down and all that, and then we end up in Zoldazar. It's like, every zone we go to... If, I don't know. I don't want to say it gradually gets worse because you get to pick where where you go next. But it just feels like no matter what you do, like something super jacked up is worse and you know. And then we'll talk about Nazmir here in a minute. And it's the oh. same. <laughs> it's like you get through <laughs> all of this and it gets worse, you know. So, uh, Daryl, are you alive? Can you hear us all right? Oh, I think your mic is muted or something. Are you muted? Are you are you dead? This is this is high quality radio. Okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so, uh, man, that was a, I actually, you know what, that was a very quick run through. That's, that's kind of perfect. That was, uh, it's kind of what we needed, especially with our time frame here. Now, let's, let's just jump into Nazmir then, Katie. Why don't you, uh, why don't you kick off Nazmir and then I can watch 
uh, I can watch Nick sit there until he bubbles over, and then he'll he can give us. <laughs> <laughs> he'll pick up where I inevitably uh, <laughs> skip too many details. Um, all right, so Nazmir uh, is Princess Talanji. Like this is the one where you go with her uh, and Rokan. Um, because most of them, like, you know, you follow somebody into the zones and you can kind of get to work with them a lot. Um, but this one was fun because you actually get to interact with Princess Talanji and Rokan quite a bit. Uh, so you go down to um, Nazmir and you set up a base. Like, you're starting to go down there and you're like, this is this is looking bad. Like, this is looking grim. And she's as you go down there, she's like, uh -huh. there are so many more blood trolls than we ever had imagined. Uh -huh. she's, this is horrid. Like, there's kind of like troves of them coming out and she's like this is like you know we normally have border security but this is insane like they're uh -huh. resurrecting all kinds of uh dinosaurs and stuff and they're it's just it's bad news bears essentially um so when you land she's like okay there are a couple loa here we need their blessing we need their help like if we're gonna do anything to like pr try and put a lid on the blood troll problem uh -huh. we need to go find them and so she's like okay we have Hyreek, wansamdi and kragwa i think are the three that are there and, uh, Tor torga tor oh, yeah tor yeah tor tor torga poor all of them oh yeah no there's a reason i sort of forgot torga so um <laughs> yeah um so the first one you go you can kind of i think you technically go, have to go in an order, but um, the first one you go see is Hyreek, and it turns out that Hyreek has fallen to the dark side, more or less, and he, it, like, the blood trolls have been giving him ritual sacrifices, uh -huh. and he's kind of gone crazy. So you do something that is a giant no-no in troll culture, and you go and kill Hyreek, which you actually have to try and make him sort of mortal first. Uh -huh. um, but so I'm kind of skipping over... Well, yeah, so they there's a ritual that you go through to become a, a disguise yourself as a blood troll, and then you go yep. kind of infiltrate that area, collect a bunch of stuff so you can basically uh, make Hyreek vulnerable. And then mm -hmm. I absolutely love the moment, though, where you, you do end up killing him and you come back and everybody is, like, flipping <laughs> out. Like, wait, <laughs> wait, hold on a minute. And like, <laughs> you don't kill a Loa? What? What's wrong with yeah. you? <laughs> so yeah, that's one of those things where you're like, like you hey, I mean, just, what did you? <laughs> like, I, I just killed, like, the Legion. Like, I don't know why this is a big deal, right? So you have, like, Loa Slayer above your title bar for a while. Like, I'm sorry, this is a, clearly a no-no, and I crossed the line. But it's actually interesting because you do, like, you interact with NPCs throughout the zone. After that, they're like, you killed Aloha? Like, they're just completely in shock, and you're like, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah he was kind of being a he jerk. So, like, <laughs> yeah. He was being a bad guy. I don't, I don't see the problem. So, I believe Wansambi is the one that you see next, mm -hmm. uh, which he is one of the coolest parts in the zone. Um, just kind of coming up to his necropolis is really neat and very intimidating, mm -hmm. uh, even if you know stuff isn't going to happen, but there's a giant red blood moon above it and everything. So uh -huh. um, you actually find a troll along the way, along the path, who owes Wansamdi a debt. And so you kind of start going along with him and you help him kill a couple blood trolls. And he's kind of like, oh yeah, you know, he just casually mentions that he made some sort of a pact. And more or less, since he hasn't paid the debt back, he can't die yet so um he's needs to kill some number of 
blood trolls to appease Blonsomni. But it's interesting because when you travel with this person, you start to get this idea like maybe making a deal is a bad idea. Like maybe I shouldn't do that because it seems really not great. So yeah. you make it over to Blonsomni's. Um, well, you kind of set up in this little ghost town first. It's like a, a place that used to be a stopping point for spirits. Um, not just spirits, but travelers. The travelers would gather here before they go to, um, I think, either make offerings to Bwansamdi, or it was kind of like a, help me out, Nick. I'm like, I'm trying to think of a good, good way to put it, but it's a stopping point yeah, for the followers. Uh... I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's it's a flight point. So if you see a bunch of ghosts, that's what I'm trying to talk yeah, about. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, because you kind of have to go in there first, and then... and like say yeah, hi to you everybody. Meet an interesting hex lord there and <laughs> yeah yeah he has a unique voice but he only has like two lines and gives you one quest so i'm like <laughs> suspicious but um anyway yeah so you talanji's like okay we need to go talk to bonsamdi you killed aloha you gone right ahead. <laughs> yeah meanwhile the whole time she's just like you freaking killed aloha <laughs> yeah no that doesn't get dropped very quickly <laughs> Um, but yeah, so coming up to the necropolis, there's a, like, kind of dilapidated bridge that's all fallen through. Like, it's kind of, it's clear that Blonsamdi's temple, not that he isn't held in high regard, because he does have followers that hold him in high regard, but it doesn't mm-hmm. look as upkept as some of the other Loa shrines, like, especially in Zuldazar, where they're beautiful and magnificent. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get there, and, uh, you know, you can find some rather disturbing quests, uh, one with a small ghost child. If you decide to do that one, yeah, that, I, that one was yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, that was a little weird, but yeah. Yes, but um, oh, we'll just get to the fun part, I guess, where you go and you talk to Bonsamdi, and you're like, okay, hey Bonsamdi, what's happening? And he's like, oh, hey, you came to visit. Like he's acting all nice to you, and you're like, okay, like this doesn't seem like a super, like I don't know. He made me uncomfortable, but I was like, okay, he's being really nice. Like I feel like I should be. I don't know. He's great. Um, he also is. Oh yeah, man. He does his job, man. He. He does. Yeah, he's on point. But he, he's like, okay, well, if you want to, you know, talk to first, you need to appease me. Like, there's blood trolls making sacrifices outside my temple. I don't like them. Tell them to go. Not tell them to go away. He's like, I want you to eliminate them. Then maybe we'll think about talking about a deal. And you're mm-hmm. like, okay, you have to prove yourself essentially. Um, so you go around, you kill some blood trolls, uh, and. I think there's another quest he has you do do as well. I think you have to gather something. Um, and then he's like, okay, we can make a deal. And you're like, all right. And you're like, this feels like a really, really bad idea. But you're like, well, I guess the zone really needs me. And I did just murder one of their other Loa. So, you know, I probably owe them something. Um, and so you go to start making a deal. And what's fun is, this is just a game mechanic, but the, the cast bar of the deal making starts like, fill up and then all of a sudden something interrupts it and so your deal was never officially sealed with blonde zombie although yeah that's that kind of comes back throughout the zone that you didn't quite finish the deal it wasn't mm-hmm. quite a signed deal um uh, but blood trolls i think um there's a the blood troll leader for the zone it's um i'm trying to remember her name but she's kind of annoying and she pops up everywhere and i'm just like you remember nick do you remember what her name I is i don't i do not remember her name she taunts to Lonji a lot that was kind of interesting. Um, but oh, I think... Matron, matron, no, not Matron Jazula. That was the dead kid. Yeah. Um, I'm terrible right. with names, so... That's all right. I'll, I'll kind of skip along until we can find her name. But yeah. essentially, she interrupts you in Bonsamdi, so you never finish making the deal. But mm-hmm. 
they I believe they also like resurrect some stuff on uh, Bonsamdi's grounds, which is a big uh, insult to him. Like that's the reason he doesn't like the blood trolls is they're messing with death, and mm-hmm. that's his domain, and he finds it offensive. And otherwise, I don't think he would really care. Um, but so you kind of you kill the blood trolls, and he's like, all right, I guess I'll like kind of. Yeah, I think he's a much bigger canon, but he just doesn't really decide to do a whole lot. He, he jumps in. But. Yeah. All right, so I think Torga was next afterwards. Is that yeah, right? That, yeah, Torga's next, and basically you, you follow some of the uh, the Tortolans who are migrating to him, and they're all talking about how great Tor- Torga is, and you get there, and he's dead. And oh, he is more the, than dead. He's like blood trolls are consuming him, and then there's actually some void present. I think there's some mm-hmm. faceless that are in there too that have been summoned. Yeah, um, and you go in and you purge the area as best you can, and then you get a little tiny baby Torga that will one day grow up to be Aloa. But basically, Torga is useless to you. So, yes. So, so they out, actually... out of the, the three Loa you've seeked out so far, you're one for three. Yeah, it's it's not good. I like. I don't want to focus on Torga too much, but it is actually pretty terrifying. Like, Torga was huge, and so he's been completely hollowed out. Like, they're using chunks of his flesh and his blood and all of this. And at the end, as Nick said, there is a happy ending. You get a tiny win at the end, because uh, the Tortolan have a scroll, and that actually resurrects Torga. Um, and I was like, I'd be nice if, you know, Torga had shared that with the other Loa, because, you know, we could really use that, Torga. But, so, yeah, Torga isn't as much use to us, but I'm... I know the both the Tortolan and everyone's like, okay, if you like, he's okay, he's safe, he's just tiny. The Tortolan will go take care of him, and everything will be okay. Um, which leads us to Kragwa, which is an interesting Loa in itself. Um, Dude, he's awesome. He's awesome. His children that you get to ride on, both in the quest line and for mounts, are awesome. I'm jealous because I can't afford to pay one to carry me around. Yeah, it's like three hundred <laughs> three. 33,033 gold or something. Yeah. I'll talk to Brett, man. He'll he'll teach you how to play the auction house. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All so, right. Kragwa. He, I know, basically, he, all these kind of start off in a similar fashion. Hey, go do some stuff for me real quick. And it's like, yeah. fetch me this, do this, do this, and then res this guy. So, what's uh, what's Kragwa's deal? Well, his, his problem is that most of his followers are dead. And yes. so you need to get him some new followers and clear out the blood trolls and the Naga that are in the area so mm-hmm. that his followers and his offspring can blossom. And you get one, you, you find one guy in the area who you're able to make into a follower, and that's enough for Krogwa to kind of begin to rebuild himself up. And so now you get Krogwa on your side and you're two for four out of Loa in the zone. Well, I also want to just... Oh, sorry. I had an interesting point for Kragwa. Um, the Krogs, the weird two-legged um, creatures with the tusks that the blood trolls ride on, are actually Kragwa's spawn that have been mutated. So Kragwa's oh, in this personally. Okay. He's not happy about this. He's like, you have you know, completely mutilated some of my children, which, mm-hmm. to be fair, they look pretty happy-go-lucky. They're giant <laughs> tusks and <laughs> just kind of pedaling around mm. on two feet. But... Um, that's one of the reasons that like he absolutely loathes the blood trolls. It sounds like this has been going on for a longer than he probably uh-huh. cares to admit. But yeah, he does <clears throat> jump to your side quick. Okay, that was terrible. Yeah, sorry. So I just wanted to put out that interesting little lore bit that is just covered very briefly in, I think it's even just spoken text. I don't even think it's an actual... Yeah, I think it's just dialogue. But anyway... Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so now you have all of the Loa, 
that are alive for the most part. I don't remember if they bring Torgos to that meeting. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. That would have been hilarious, though. Just a little turtle bubble. Like, he is! Yeah, but you get the, the Loa, and then uh, real quickly, you get the Gob Squad. You, you yes. They were in the area. Uh, they have their little uh, their mech suit, the A-Mod. You get all that together. You even have a, a Titan... Uh, like not a watcher, but a uh, or is it a watcher? He's a oh watcher, yeah, yeah, it's one yeah, of the yeah. yeah. But there's there's a couple of them, right? But there's only one. Yeah, I think that... there's two of them. One's one's completely useless. Yeah, one's corrupted. Yeah. You're able to restore the other one. Yeah, um, yeah. One so you actually you're... have to finish off, and the other one gives you a few quests. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you assemble you assemble this unit now, and you've got everybody that you've worked with in the zone on your side, and you go at uh, the big temple Aldir, where the head. Um, the head blood troll is, mm-hmm. uh, you, you, you fight back and forth. They have the, uh, why can't I think of the name of the first boss in old deer? Oh, um, the big oh, yeah. The big robot guy. Yeah. Crap. He's there on top. <laughs> You're able to blow up the temple. He falls inside and then you fight, you fight, you kill the, the head, uh, you kill the head, uh, blood troll. Uh, but now you've opened up all deer and, mm-hmm. and you know, and now at some point you're going to have to go in there. Talek. Talek, yes, thank you. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So, point, so now you've opened up Old Deer, at some point you're going to have to go in there. Um, but before you do, uh, th- there's one last major event that has to happen. So as we mentioned earlier, Razan is dead. Mm-hmm. And so Rastakhan has no Loa backing him. So the blood trolls make one final push at the blood gate to come into, uh, into Zaldazar. Uh, Rastakhan goes out to meet him, and he realizes that he doesn't have the power to do that. And so he looks around at all the Loa that are available, and he says, I need to make a deal with Bonsamdi. Because if I don't have Razan at my back, I need some kind of power. Mm-hmm. So he makes a deal, not only for himself, but for his lineage, mm-hmm. that Bonsamdi will be the Loa that's backing the royal family. Well, it's and- not only that. Like he, When he binds himself, he's like, I will see after. And it sounds like my lineage will also do. So he sweetens the pot for Bonsamdi. He's like, it, we are basically going to be your royal servants in death. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm like... Yeah, shouldn't have made that call for everyone that comes after yeah, you. Yeah, well, a dick move. Well, that no. that gets worse later on. But we'll, yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they push back the blood trolls, and then everything seems good for a moment, and then that's when everything gets really bad because that's when mm-hmm. Mithrax shows up and Zol comes back, mm-hmm. and everybody attacks a t- uh, Dizara lore, and in particular Mithrax, being a giant Thraxi, we're unable to stop him. He breaks the seal. And I actually I didn't notice this at first. I didn't until I played an alt. But you know, when you first get to Dizarre Lore, the seal in the Great Seal is perfectly unbroken. Mm-hmm. But once you once you play through this cutscene, there's a giant crack in it mm-hmm. going forward. So you know, good attention to detail there. Um, mm-hmm. But Mithrax breaks the seal and then basically leaves. Uh, but you kill Zol at least. Zol makes an attack on Rastakhan. They scuffle at the top of the temple. Mm-hmm. Rastakhan kicks him off. And Bonsambi shows up and he's like, yeah, great job, man. Great that we're working together now. <laughs> and Rastakhan just has this look like, oh, this isn't this, this isn't what bad. I signed up for. This mm-hmm. was, I've made it a huge made, mistake. I regret my decision. Yeah. 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 That was the best oh shit troll face I think I've ever seen, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But yeah, so that's the the cutscene with Mithrax is you can only get once you've finished all three zones, which is kind of cool. Yes. So they actually had this finisher quest line mm-hmm. that ties up everything for questing, and like it, that felt really good. I was really glad that they did that. Um, but I think that kind of brings us into we could briefly cover Uldir if we want. 
Um, yeah, I f- man, I feel like we'll have to we'll we'll have to set a set a point for us here. Um, was, we're not even gonna really get finished the war campaign and get up to where we are. Yeah, we don't even touch wanna, the war campaign. Yeah, why don't we? Why don't yeah. we just? Uh, yeah, why don't we? That just... might be a little more interesting. There. Well, yeah, because ba- basically this is all set up for old deer. Mm-hmm. Yes. All of Zandalar is set up for mm-hmm. that because at this point now. Uh, Zul mentions that he's been working in service of Gahoon. The Blood Trolls have all been working in service of Gahoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, every Gahoon's been pulling all the strings here. Now he's unleashed because all three seals have been broken on each of the in each of the zones. So at that point, yeah, you go in, you fight Talek, who was the guardian uh, the guardian of the temple that's been broken. Mm-hmm. You fight Mother, who's um, the Titan control system that's supposed to be watching over that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you fight. Uh, what else is there? The the one lower that's fetid devourer. Yeah, the one Zek, that's uh, combination Vectus. Yeah. Yeah. So what Vectus, are the what are these? The, what is Gahoon exactly? Anyways. So Gahoon, as far as I understand, isn't technically like they're kind of like a half old god. Like they're not one of the original <laughs> gods, but they were kind of created. They're like, like the D list old gods. <laughs> they're they're like, pretty much. Yeah, they're they a young god. There you go. They can't get into the club. They gotta wait in line. <laughs> Yeah, they're kind of like the uh, the lesser evils, right? You have the prime evils, and then you have the lesser um, And I think Cahoon was actually created, wasn't he? Like, um, I'm trying to remember, because there was something about the corrupted blood, and then... Help me out, Nick, I'm trying to remember. Do you remember? Uh, yeah, no, no, Cahoon was created by the Titans studying right. the corruption that they wound up... Yeah, they wound up creating something that they needed to then lock away, that they couldn't right. control, basically. Mm-hmm. Well, because they were doing experiments. That's how the Fetid Devourer came about. They were doing experiments with Loa and uh-huh. the blood, and so I'm kind of mad because there would have been a bunch of cool Loa that the Titans ruined. So thanks for that, Titans. <laughs> Stupid Titans. Stupid Titans ruining <laughs> everything. One job. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Cahoon fight is beautifully disgusting. Um, and if you haven't done it, then I recommend you go do that. Yeah, um, yeah. Even on LFR, at least you get a you get to see it. So. See his little mouth shoot out like the predator, not predator, the alien mouth mm. shoot out. Yeah. Yeah. I just run the orbs and I never see them. Oh well. He's, lucky you. That's probably for the best. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, lucky not, you. Not on heroic. You don't. Yeah, that debuff lasts way too long. But. but all right. Um, so all right. So we. Yeah. Let's. Uh, so what's the what's the natural like? Where does horde go think- from old deer? It's it's more more Arathi, war campaign. Because right? I think Arathi was supposed to be simultaneously happening, kind the of warfront slash war yeah. campaign kind of stuff. Okay, yeah. okay. I think we'll go there next. Okay. Um, I I'm trying to remember. I know there were quests to go into Arathi, and I don't remember them very well. I just remember kind of going in there, being like, "Hey, look, we we set up a base in Arathi." Was there right. was there anything from like the the campaign and Nathanos and all that actually sending you into? We're we're. <laughs> I I know we said this already. We're leaving a lot of stuff out, and I think we're gonna we're gonna have to like tie it back in later because there was a lot of as you were leveling, like, hey, go over to Stormsong, hey, go over to yes. Dressfar, hey, and mm-hmm. and I think like if we keep sidebarring, it's just gonna be too much. So yeah, that's all. That's all part of the war campaign. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's uh, true. Yeah. It is, huh? Okay. So was there <laughs> anything at, at at that point to, um, 
Oh, I guess that makes sense then. So, as as we were leveling through all of the the horde zones, we were getting quests sprinkled in every couple of levels. And as you as you gained rep, uh, that were sending you over to some of the alliance zones to start opening up footholds. Was there anything uh, memorable or in particular important about that? Because I know you know you meet Rexar, you get you know uh, you you do all this stuff that it. Is it anything more than just opening a foothold well, over there, or is there? You're just you're just talking about those early quests. Yeah, and it's all part of the war campaign. I mean, for the most part, yeah, it's it's like there are a couple like humorous quests sprinkled in there, but it's mostly just setting up bases. Um, yeah, you like go with uh yeah. with what what, what the freaking trade prince. Yeah. Yeah, 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 you like you sit there, you like basically there. drive him around and like, but the story that you see the over ghosts. there is, is super cool. But I'm trying to figure out, is there anything, like, pivotal through that? Or is it really, like, hey, we need to set up a foothold over in the Alliance Zone? I think it's more or less just explaining how we can go over to Kul Taras. You uh-huh. know, like, instead of just being like, ta-da! <laughs> hey, we figured out how to open a portal there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it was yeah. fun that they at least want to set up the zone, mm-hmm. and we get kind of a feel for either what's been happening. Like, with Rexar, I believe the base had already been taken over once, and so we have to reclaim it. Um, Dude, okay. And they're just... Rexar, when you talk to him, it's one of my favorite things because you're like, "Hey, man, so are you doing all right?" And he's just like, "F the alliance," <laughs> and you're like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> but it's like everything cool. No, man, screw the alliance. <laughs> and like every time you talk to him, he's just like, just done. He's like, he's so over it. <laughs> like, it's so awesome. Yeah, they uh, did that with the. <laughs> Lillian Voss, too, where she's just uh-huh. like, ah, screw the alliance. Oh, like, you're like, oh, geez, man. okay, all right, yeah. Yeah, you're like, yeah. okay, you don't need to prove anything to me, I get it, all right, it's fine. Screw, yep, screw the alliance. Sure. Yeah, so I think uh, for those at least, like... I mean, you unlocked followers stuff. and stuff, but I'm yeah. trying to think if there was any, like, like moments that really tied in that were important. Cause I it think just... Dark Shore is probably one yeah. of the biggest lore sections. Okay. Um, I don't know, yeah. Nick, have you been able to do... Are you, I did, you're yeah, not the, one I did the, the Dark Shore Horde side, yeah. Oh, I was, I was going to yeah. ask if you had gotten to it on the Alliance side. Yeah. You know what's funny? No. Um, okay. And it's not that funny at all. So, um, <laughs> Doing the uh, the Arathi Warfront, you know, as you're mm-hmm. playing it, you... I've played it on both sides now. I've finally got a, an Alliance tune up to do this stuff. And when you're playing for the Alliance side, obviously you come from the other side, you know, and you you take control and reverse, you know, back the other way, the wrong way. As it, as it was. Uh, but when you're playing through the Darkshore on, uh, through either faction, it is identical. So it's just kind of oh. weird. You start, you get off the boat, it's the same thing, you go, and, and uh, I think the main difference was, like, you didn't really, the Alliance didn't seem like they were really into chopping down trees. And I don't know if that's just, like, a druidy thing. <laughs> so, like, you still needed lumber to do your stuff, but there wasn't any, like, let's go chop these trees down, yeah. And I was like, oh. <laughs> tree loving hippies over here but uh and then it has nothing to do with the actual story or, or war campaign but it was it was interesting to me that like it wasn't uh you know there wasn't a kind of mirroring effect in dark shore it was literally just we're gonna do the same thing and just take over this stretch of land right here so you know the well, i think i think that's more reflective of how arathi was always sort of contested and mm-hmm. that you have 
a sort of the Horde area and you have an Alliance area that they go back and forth between, whereas Darkshore was always strictly Alliance. Uh And so when the Horde comes in, all they can do is take over the Alliance land. Uh When the Alliance comes in, all they can do is reclaim what the Horde took What's already theirs, yeah. There wasn't like, yeah. Yeah, but it it was interesting. I don't know what I was expecting, but when I went in there and I was like, wait a minute, this is just, this is the same thing. But I get a 400 piece of gear. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, uh, so... So we'll say that the uh, I guess that the uh, the the quests that you get fed to go in and establish a foothold in the zones through the war campaign as you're leveling uh, are just merely at that point. There's some really cool tidbits in there, but it's mainly just to establish a presence over in the offending factions zone, as it were. So, so Katie, you started to mention a little bit about the. Uh, the Arathi Warfront and some of the feeder stuff into that. Was there any significance to that or not that I not as much as Darkshore for sure. Yeah. Um it was yeah. just kind of like as far as I remember, it's just kind of like, oh hey, cool, like check out the warfront. Like how cool is this? It, mm-hmm. Like this is great. We're on a giant plane. I can see my enemies coming for miles. Like mm-hmm. I don't know. But yeah, the, definitely the I'd say the crux of the story is um at Darkshore. Which is, I mean, with all the tensions of Teldrassil, it makes the most sense that that's where a lot of the tension and story would start to uh-huh. um, kind of focus. Um, I don't know if we want to talk about Sylvanas's quests, because I think Sylvanas gives you quests that are technically like tie into Kulturas, where you go get a Dalen and that sort of thing. Well, that's Isn't the war that... campaign. That's the war uh, campaign. Right, but I'm trying to remember like where in the war campaign that is. That happens... that's before Darkshore. Well, was before the... Darkshore? Yeah, technically. Okay. Yeah. I mean, the, the war campaign is basically um, is basically you're going over to find dead Kulturas heroes that Sylvanas can resurrect, mm-hmm. and right. you can't find the ones you're looking for. So you got to find you use resurrects the ones you can find, so you and then use something. them to give you more information <laughs> to find the ones that you're looking for. So yes. the, the key player is that you meet you you wind up uh, having to recruit a Tide Sage because you're looking for a Marshal Valentine who mm-hmm. was lost at sea. And so you, you find this Tide Sage, and he's, he's he has a terminal illness. He's dying. And so he agrees to work with you, but he wants to be made a Forsaken when the time finally comes. Mm-hmm. And so, you, you know, he dies. You resurrect him as a Forsaken. He helps you. He leads you to where you think. Or he, he does help you actually get Marshall Valentine's body. But more importantly, while you're there, you find the body of Dalen Proudmore. Yes. And that's where like the first part of the war campaign ends is that you're like, whoa, like we were looking for like a, a major mm-hmm. you know culture on hero. We were not expecting a proud more sibling. Yeah, yeah. So right. that's gonna be that that's a major quiver in Sylvanas's arrow, as it were. Um and the, the Tide Sage, his name is Thomas Zelling. His story is interesting if only because you see him interacting with Lillian Voss and they talk about what it means to be forsaken, what the transition mm-hmm. is. He wants to go back to his family. His family immediately mm, recoils freak in horror out. Yeah, yeah. upon seeing him. And then Voss um, shows that she has some compassion because she agrees, like, your family wants nothing to do with you. You can't be involved with them. You're busy with the Horde anyway. I'll take care of them. And then later on, you find out like that his family relocated to Aram's stand. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but how? They had no money. And it's because Voss was you know secretly giving them money to to you know so that they could survive so mm-hmm. at the very least whatever zelling's fate may be his family is taken care of mm-hmm. via his agreement yeah and that's actually touching because rexar is also part of that so you rexar will mention it in passing to zelling uh i think in one or two of the quests but 
Um, yeah, that. I just wanted to mention Dalen Proudmore because he's definitely going to be a big thing coming up. So I know, uh, man. I forgot about that. That we uh, it yeah. kind of found him, and then that's it, right? Nothing else has really happened yet. Man, that's that could be huge. Yeah. Uh, I really hope that they that they uh, do something cool with that. So yeah. Oh, they will. Although I shouldn't go into the like. There's no way his body no. could survive. Because it was back in the second war that he died, and this hey, doesn't make any sense. I don't know. Sylvanas is, uh, she's can pull a tricky on you. <laughs> it pull a sneaky. More like decay. It wouldn't work. Well, if Kulturas is a naval society, I'm sure they have, like, you know, special leather enchants and whatnot that can make their clothes very watertight. And mm. so maybe mm. even though his body was underwater, mm. maybe it's sort of, he was able to cover himself enough as he died that the body was preserved. The biologist is very skeptical, but okay, we'll go with that. Just, okay. hey, you know. Suspension of disbelief. <laughs> I was going to say, man, I mean, playing a, playing a Forsaken to begin with is, you know. That's true. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so um, actually just a, a cool note. When you go to grab his body, there's actually a Drake down there. And that's a callback to the second war where they're the Drake riders that mm, supposedly yeah, yeah. brought down the ship. And that's why there's a dragon there. Because at first you're like, why is there a dragon down here? Mm-hmm. Very so, cool. um, but yeah, so Dale and Proudmore, uh, we kind of finished that campaign up. Then Darkshore happens, I believe, is kind of how they led us into it. Um, and I think that one might be the most lore heavy of the ones that we've had so far, mm-hmm. as far as not just war campaigns, but the war fronts. Mm-hmm. Um, because I believe on the Alliance side, you start with Tehranda, but I'm not entirely sure because I haven't played it yet. I just know the result of their campaign is the elves that are. What do they call themselves? The there? Night Warriors or Night Warriors? Yeah. yeah. So oh man. Crazy. Okay. I played through that. The whole unlocking oh. the Night Warrior aesthetic and everything. Mm-hmm. So freaking cool. Way cool. Like you to watch Tyrande snap and like it's the it's the uh, it's the yin to the yang of the where you're where you're basically following Nathanos around and you kill one of the Valkyrie. Or one of the Valkyrie gets killed, whatever. It's super cool. Uh, I'm really, I'm glad I'm, I have an Alliance character up to, up to par to be able to play through this stuff because some of it is just phenomenal. Like I'm not good at rehashing it or explaining it, but like definitely do it. It's cool. Toronto loses okay. it and Malfurion, heard Malfurion just like snap on everybody. <laughs> well, I think it's nice to see the the night elves come back. Like we're hippies, kind of. Re- half three state where they were really badass they were you know they're supposed to be this great nation that Mm -hmm. not not necessarily of hunters specifically but they there is a reason that they were feared by the trolls like Mm -hmm. they are no joke they can be savage Mm -hmm. yeah they are no joke and they just kind of have been Toronto for the (laughs) Toronto yeah save me <laughs> yeah so okay. it was really fun to watch them actually come back to more of the warcraft 3 version of um just more badass elves uh, but yes you'll Agreed. get a little bit of get a little bit of uh Tyrande's night warrior stuff on the horde side but not nearly as much as you do on no, the alliance side. but yeah play through yeah well we'll get to that some other time but okay so 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 have we actually got up to the point where we're talking about Darkshore and and what that was that we're we're kind of in the middle of right now huh so try not to skip around too much we're <laughs> it's kind of hard when all the lore is so interconnected i know yeah. i know and since we're kind of deciding to leave uh some of the alliance side out of it right now um all right so we're I think done the with major well i was no. gonna say the major takeaway on the horde side is that we lose a else 
gain um i'm trying to remember what her name is it was oh uh, uh, uh sierra moon warden uh-huh. yes her uh, and then uh, we get one of, and some uh summer moon uh-huh. yes so we actually resurrect um night elves uh-huh. over there which is uh, something we haven't seen before, uh-huh. but definitely Sylvanas is starting to cross a line where people are getting really uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Allied race, just... night elves, allied race. Yep. There, there <laughs> are starting to be some questions about what, just how, I mean, the whole premise of what the Forsaken is that Sylvanas raises them, they have free will. Yes. And when you see Sarah Moonwarden, you know, resurrected and immediately, you know, sure, she blames Elune for, for dying, but immediately turn on her people. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some questions about just how much free will Sylvanas is imparting upon uh, some of these uh, resurrected Forsaken. Yeah, that's interesting. Like, you say free will, but is it actually, is, is Sylvanas still kind of driving the ship, really, at the end of the day? I, would, I was going to say, I bet it's like some sort of coercion, right? Like, so uh-huh. they get resurrected, but everything they see kind of, twisted against mm-hmm. you know twisted to what sylvanas thinks is the most advantageous because you even see that um oh my gosh with the the tide sage i'm trying to remember his name or zelling zelling thank uh-huh. you um where he starts to actually hate the like culturan and they're like you know he's he starts to get mad he's like oh well you know i'm all for the dark lady and i'm like because at first he's like i don't know like yeah, I'm dead, and this is hard, and I don't uh-huh. really... I'm kind of rejecting the change. I don't know what to do. And by the end of it, he seems to be kind of thumping that I'm super loyal to the Forsaken, and you're like, this is a quick change for uh-huh. you, that. And then there was um, a, a warden that you also resurrect, and she's just kind of like, yeah, okay, let's just go murder Kaltirans. Like, that's fine. <laughs> so I think your point, Nick, is very valid that their perception either gets twisted or something happens where... They aren't fully cognizant or free, and I think that will be a really interesting point going forward to mm-hmm. keep an eye on. Well, I think in particular, I mean, Zelling is an interesting case because he he seems like he's given a little bit more free will than the 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 the, the wardens and uh, the rangers in in mm-hmm. Darkshore, mm-hmm. and I think part of that may be. Part of it may just be the story is allowed, you know, there's time for the story to breathe, and you can tell that in the war campaign. Uh-huh. Part of that may very well be that Sylvanas needs more force with the people that she needs that have more power, that she wants that, you know, warden, she wants that uh, Dark Ranger. She's going to make sure that they're working for her. The Tide Sage, yeah, you know, he has a very specific role, but really, you know, if he's he's, he's not very important to the overall Horde campaign, so... You know, you you can let his mind wander a little bit more and let mm-hmm. him explore that a little bit more. So it's uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Agreed. All right, so we wrap up the the Dark Shore campaign, and man, it's hard to talk about one side without the other because I know they you know they really tie into each other so much. But uh, so from there, we're moving into the battle for Dazar lore, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Actually, I would say real quickly, you did bring this up earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Sorfang. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's you right. That that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 I tried to talk about that earlier and I cut myself yeah. off. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, let's, let's uh, go through that a little bit. Yeah. So we had, um, uh, we had, uh, what was it? Lost Honor was this, the short where mm-hmm. uh, Anduin basically like recruits Sorfang, not so much to the Alliance, but at least the anti-Sylvanas cause. And mm-hmm. he says like, <laughs> I need you out there doing your thing mm-hmm. so that, you know, we can, we can fight her together. And then, um, you know, so Sylvanas shows up and she gets word that Sorfang has escaped. And she says, she sends you and I think it's Dark Ranger Villanara. Mm-hmm. Or is it Alina? I forget which one. I think that, it's Villanara, right? Yeah, I think it's Villanara because it's not Alina. Yeah. I don't think. 
you know, she sends you and the, the Dark Ranger out there to find out what's going on with Sorfang. And so you track him out of the sewers through Red Ridge, and finally you come upon him in a... You come, you come upon... Well, actually, before you come upon him in, like, a little uh, valley in the Swamp of Sorrows, uh, you're approached by Zakan. And he basically says, like, I know what you're doing here. Mm-hmm. Turn around and leave. Like, you don't, you don't want to be doing this. Mm-hmm. And that's when you're given that choice of do I work with you know do I work with the the, the war chief or do I work with Sorfang? Mm-hmm. Um, originally on my character, I thought I was going to choose to work with Sylvanas. I I I had begrudgingly kind of accepted like what we did at Teldrassil. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, like you know, I'll go with the war chief. I'll I'll have that honor. I was kind of thinking of like Nazgrim and Mister Pandaria, mm-hmm. where he you know he stuck by the war chief Garrosh, even though. I think he kind of knew Garrosh was wrong, but it's like, no, you have honor and you do what the war chief says. Mm-hmm. I was going to do that, and then I just couldn't hit the button. Me too. That is to exactly. Yep, that is exactly what I did too. I was, I was like, yep, Sylvanas, it's fine. Yep, Team Sylvanas. Yep, yep, yep. And then when that moment came, I was just like, when you're standing there talking to Zakan, you're just like, crap, man, this isn't right. Like, I can't do it. No. <laughs> well, I mean, who could say no to that face? The zappy boy. Zappy boy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so it is interesting that the story does diverge, and this is the benefit of having two max-level tunes, is mm-hmm. that you can pursue both. Um, but I believe the Sylvana story cuts off, doesn't quite cut off, but it basically ends there. You go back, and I think, do you, you fight Tower Fang? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. well what, what other happens is, um, is you don't, I don't think you actually fight Sarfang. I think you go back, and uh, Dark Ranger Villanara goes to confront Sarfang mm-hmm. and he whoops, he, you know, he beats her up and kills her mm-hmm. and you just tell uh, Sylvanas what happened. If you go with Sorfang, then you're there when she shows up. You yeah. help Sorfang defeat her and then Sorfang punches you <laughs> so you can go back <laughs> and you can say like, hey, we got beat up. I survived but I clearly got We've got to make this look real. Yeah. 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 And, and, and like, Sylvanas... And you get that her debuff comments, on you. Like, yeah. Sylvanas That's, knows. Yeah, Sylvanas oh, knows. Yeah. Her comments kind of indicate like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know you betrayed me, champion, but uh, I still need oh, you really? around. Oh, so really? Really? You we'll made it out alive? Now. Yeah. 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 She's like, oh, yeah, you, you really? made it out. So you just got thumped on the head and that was it, huh? You just got one black <laughs> eye, nothing else. And you're like, uh-huh. uh... <laughs> <laughs> his face his fist is as big as my face man i mean come on what do you want from me but um yeah so that was the first part of the war campaign um which is pretty great uh, and i know that they have promised um at the end of the side if you side with them sarfang you get a little toy and everything and they said that if you go along with the sylvanas one you'll get similar and cool rewards later so i'm gonna i'm interested to see well what yeah the because there's that moment is. where it's basically like zakan will remember this <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're like, oh, really? Well, I don't want him to be mad at me. I know, so yeah, so cute. Okay, um, I would say so look, real quickly. I think we should probably just okay. touch on the Vol'jin storyline. Oh yeah, oh, well, geez. I mean, yeah, shouldn't that be that happened? Really, that that actually happened. Oh, that's after yeah, because the, yeah, because mm-hmm. the only thing we have left is the uh, the next part of the war campaign, which leads yeah. into Zara lore. So this mm-hmm. Vol'jin happens first. So, mm-hmm. um. You get the urn I'm not of... sure how it starts. I think you go seek out Vol'jin's ashes to bury him in uh, in King's Rest. Mm-hmm. Is it King's yes. Rest or oh yeah, uh, I guess it's the, the Valley of the Kings. Valley of the Kings. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so Princess Talanji. It's actually fun because if you talk to her, 
Uh, she's like, oh, I've been hearing stories about him since I was a little girl. I mm. have a lot of respect for him. And I'm like, wait, how old are you? Um, but yeah, there's a couple eyebrow raises. But, um, you know, you wind up going back to the Echo Isles. And when you get there, you find out that Zulzane, which is basically like a brother to Vol'jin, mm -hmm. his spirit has come back and he's wreaking havoc. Uh, the reason that he's important is that Zulzane and Vol'jin trained to be shadow hunters together. Uh, and they both, their destinies were kind of intertwined with each other, but it was kind of going to be one of those clear, like, Vol'jin would be the good guy and Zulzane mm -hmm. would be the bad guy. Um, and he, Zulzane has come into the story before, I don't remember exactly where, but he essentially has wreaked havoc for the Dark Spear Trolls prior mm -hmm. to this. But you, you show up in all your fanfare, and I think he's resurrecting trolls or some. he's messing with the spirits in some way, and you go put him, put him down. But Vol'jin pops up, and they're like, I think, I want to say you have his blade, and then, uh, I'm trying to remember how exactly that goes down, but do you remember, Nick? No, not not entirely. I, rem I remember you, you, you take Vol'jin's ashes, because yep. I, th I, th I think that's when you go to get Vol'jin's glaive, actually. That comes later a little bit. Mm -hmm. You take Vol'jin's ashes, you put them in King's Rest, or the Valley of the Kings, and then you go talk to Bonsamdi. And Bonsamdi says that he doesn't have Vol'jin's spirit, which he was supposed to be right. watching over. He lost it. And that's when he makes that comment, like, my boss ain't going to like this. Mm -hmm. And everybody's wondering, who's Vol or who's Bonsamdi's boss? Mm -hmm. But then you have to go get Vol'jin's glaive because that has Vol'jin's essence. I think that's when you go back up to the Echo Isles to get Vol'jin's glaive, mm -hmm. bring that back. And then you need to take the glaive. I think Vol'jin's actually able to start to appear at this point now. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know, before he can really come back into his own, you need to take the glaive and... Uh, touch it to Goon's blood to re restore oh, the magic right. to bring mm -hmm. Vol'jin yeah, back. Yeah, you need to go so stab go, it through Gahoon. Yeah, you kill Gahoon, you touch the blood, you bring it back, and now Vol'jin is in full ghost form that he can just hang out and chill, and he talks to Talanji, and basically he makes a big presentation over Zaldazar, where even though Rastakhan's still the king, he's basically like, Talanji's gonna be a great leader someday, you know, everybody listen to her. Is it yep. weird? Am I the only one that doesn't think that if Zol'jin appeared there in full coherency like you'd be like man i got a lot of questions for you right now dude like and it it just kind of gets glossed over like he's just yeah. there and he's like hey man what's up and you're like oh hey nothing yeah. like nobody's like wait a minute <laughs> you oh, need no, to straighten those, some stuff out for us <laughs> some of those questions will be asked and volgen um i guess part of being dead is that you don't have all your memories so Okay. Uh, that's that's gonna be. I don't think that quest is in the game yet. I think that's coming in eight one one five. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, to to start getting some answers to why are certain people uh, have why do certain people have the titles that they do right now? Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that was that was my one gripe that I had coming out of Older and finishing it. It was that storyline. It wasn't dropped, but it felt compared to all of the other stories and how well woven they in they were. This one kind of felt weird because it's like, okay, here's Vol'jin, he's back. And now it's done. And you're like, but he's mm -hmm. just floating there. I'm like, hey, dude, like, what's going on? Like, mm -hmm. I miss you. You died. Can we have a conversation? So I'm glad. I, I didn't think they were just going to leave it. Because, I mean, he's Well, yeah, because there was the whole thing about, like, who. So who's who actually said that we need to put Sylvanas in charge? And who. Like, some, know. somebody spoke that to uh, Aloha or what whoever somebody oh, oh, someone spoke that to, to yeah Jin yeah when he was dying all, all, what yeah he says the spirits the spirits whispered a name that's mm -hmm. all he says yeah he, the they've granted him a vision mm -hmm. yeah. So, so, yeah well yeah, he's a lot to answer for because we're 
Oh, I'm sure he's just as I'm sure he's just as agitated about this as anybody because he because he's dead. He, <laughs> Because he's well, exactly he's he's like, dead. dang it. He wants to know what happened too, even though it happened to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, trolls have a tendency to resurrect themselves, so I'm like, it could happen. Other trolls mm. have done it. Yeah. I think well. he's gonna become a Loa, but that's just me. So I think he's gonna become the royal family Loa. That'd be cool. Oh. What do I know? I mean, like, yeah. That so should be. we move on yeah. to? Yeah. I think all that's left is the second yeah. final part of the war campaign. Yeah, let's yeah. start. It's almost yeah. twelve here. Okay. Let's start, let's get yeah. through this yeah. last part. So Okay. So, yeah, so the final the final part of the war campaign, the first thing that they have you do is go into Boralis and get this artifact. Uh it's the where was it? Uh, I have this written down here. Bon Sandy's like nuts. No, it's the, the, the Abyssal Scepter. So you no. have this artifact, the Abyssal Scepter, that will allow you to control the tides. So you, you you get that from Boralis, you bring that back, they store it somewhere in Zaldazar. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Then uh, the second part is that uh, the, the you attack Nor, uh, Norrington Estate uh, there, and you get into a big Azerite fight with some stuff. Nothing really significant there. That's when uh, mm-hmm. Zelling and Rexart talk about his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you, you go to Gallywicks. And you fight with him over by Zabala, and uh, you wind up confronting Mechatork and trying to fight him. Uh, that's when Mechatork, as you go to use uh, uh, Gallywix, he's got his G mod, which is a big mech suit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mechatork defends with his proto layered optimal Titan armor or PLOT <laughs> armor. Um, <laughs> and so then, uh, you know, so Mechatork gets away, but you still blew up an Alliance airship. Uh, and then the next part is you go and you break Lady Ashvane out of prison and bring her to Sylvanas. Yes. This has huge implications. That's Lady crazy, Ashvane, yeah. It's a major that villain on the Alliance crazy. side. Uh-huh. That the fact that she's working with Sylvanas now, I'm really curious to see where that goes. Can um, I also just jump in here and say it's super rude because they like she gets on a boat and then they just take off without you. What? Yes. yes. <laughs> 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 just leave you on the dock. To get like, the prison. Come on, man. <laughs> The other thing I like about that is to get into the prison, you disguise yourself and uh, Arcanist Valtois. Uh, you disguise yeah. y- yourselves as uh, guards, but you just let Rexar yeah. in just put it, by pretending he's handcuffed the old Wookiee prison guard trick. Yep. <laughs> I love it. Yep. I love it. And then, uh, yeah. And then the final the final part of the, of the war campaign is what directly sets up the, the Battle of Dazar Alor. Uh, the your, the uh, Horde is receiving reports. There's a massive naval incursion coming from Nazmir that they're going to come down through the Bloodgate. So you, you know, so all your forces, you know, leave Dazar Lore, rush up into Nazmir, uh, you start fighting your way through the Alliance. Uh, finally, in Harik's, uh, Harik's little burrow, uh, you fight Telamon, one of the, uh, the Lightforged. You kill him, and then you come out, and then... You, it's all foggy, so you have to clear out the fog. Mm-hmm. You find out that the Abyssal Scepter, which you had actually stolen from the Alliance earlier, mm-hmm. the Alliance had stolen it back and was using that to create all the fog. Uh, you 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 you, you uh, negate the Abyssal Scepter. The fog disappears. What looked like Alliance ships in the distance disappears, and you realize it was all a trick to lure the army out of Dazar Lore. You turn around and you see smoke rising from the capital, and you're like, "Oh crap! We got to get back. Nobody's defending the king." Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, we got played. Yes. Congratulations, you played yourself. Because <laughs> yeah, we thought we were all cool because we had the scepter, but we didn't have the scepter, and so. Well, I know part of the alliance campaign is both working with um, the giant. What's the giant monkey's name? Kong. Kong. Gong. Grong. Yeah. Grong. Yeah, I think 
Is that yeah? Um, oh come on, we've been he, you've been in this raid with us now twice, twice <laughs> to be fair, and I haven't done the lion side. Um, but he's actually not like a loa or anything. He's um, he's sentient because there's Kajakola. We don't need to go into that hole. Well, you know um, what, and we'll talk about this someday. But I I just did the quest line where you you do all the testing with him with the mm-hmm. the embiggenment or whatever it is you know yep. and that was like a very that was a super cool really interesting piece of the story too like he's basically super pissed off so mm-hmm. they're like well let's beef him up let's give him some roids and send him over there to and then bomb somdi yeah. just turns turns him back on the alliance again after we kill him or after well, the, one of the problems with him is when he becomes enlarged I guess like his all of his intelligence kind of goes to the wayside, uh-huh. so he just becomes this giant rampaging ape, yeah, gorilla yeah, they... thing. He's scary. Um, but also on the alliance side, apparently they uh, do a lot of S seven missions or S SI seven SI seven, yeah, yeah, where they go and plant a bunch of bombs on the Zandalari fleet and they blow it up. Uh-huh. Also hacks, but we won't go into Dude, that. Yeah, that I felt dirty in that part of the alliance story i was like no i don't want to do this you know and in overall okay so you know the horde sylvanas specifically burnt down the tree but if but i feel like you know alliance is playing like pretty dirty throughout throughout a lot of this and i'm not just saying that because i like to stir the pot but i honestly feel like you know the alliance is the one coming over trying to siege the city they're coming over trying to blow up the stuff and i don't know i don't feel like nobody's innocent in any of this but alliance isn't the you know the the nice clean good guys that uh, that everybody wants to pretend they are are you saying that there's some shades of morally gray going on between the two factions like 50 shades of morally gray oh boy <laughs> we, okay we may have a show <laughs> is that it, is after, it is after midnight so. that's true no but i, well, I was gonna say is that, that our show title so <laughs> 50 shades of world and great alliance <laughs> um but no that's actually kind of the fun storytelling that's going on here now in desire lore is um the fact that you actually see dead civilians like they uh-huh. maybe got caught in the crossfire or whatever but it's not the like oh you know we're the alliance we just floated in and destroyed whatever like they're actually catching at like beasts of burden in the crossfire civilians uh-huh. guard yeah. you know they it, this is does feel pretty dirty because actually at this point the zandalari are not technically allied with the horde they're just kind of we're like emissaries and we're like hey we're kind of like good friends right and they're like hey we're not officially allied with man not you like, they're not like an airbnb like they're just letting the the horde just chill in bizarre lore like they're giving them resources and whatnot i mean it's the i mean the well, formality kind of, alliance is a technicality at this point but they're all working together well yeah i was gonna say like that we've endeared ourselves to them after you know helping them throughout all the zones but it's mm-hmm. not like okay like peace like you know well, you yeah, but so it's not, you know, not just because of that video, but we, we know that the actual allied race thing hasn't happened. We, you know, we do have the reputation with them, but I mean, wouldn't you think that after working with this particular faction for so long and just like everything kind of blowing up in your face that maybe Zandalari would be like, man, you guys are terrible. We're get out of here. Like, we don't want nothing to do with any of you, but. Well, I think <laughs> the key part of it is that and it actually seems a little bit backwards that they actually become an allied race after 
the Alliance blows up all their ships. Like, that was the one big Zandalari point of pride, is, and that's the whole reason we're there. Mm-hmm. We need the Zandalari Navy, and then the Alliance blows up all their ships mm-hmm. in the, at the beginning of the, the raid, mm-hmm. and now it's like, I think, the problem now is that before it was like the Zandalari had all the power. Like, you know, okay, yeah, we, we were struggling, but you know what? You you killed some Loa, but you put down Gahoon, you know, mm-hmm. okay, Rastakhan had to ally with Monsambi. Like, these aren't great, but overall, we could still be okay. Now we lost our Navy. Now we need help. Rastakhan's dead. So Talanji's going to be like, look, you know, you you guys have been helping us this whole time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she's really the piece there that Rastakhan might have been like, no, 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 I'm not ready to ally with you guys. And Talanji's going to be like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm fine with this. Let's do it. It's well, actually at, oh, I say at Rastakhan's funeral, she actually makes a point to say, like, are you going to abandon us now in our hour of need? And it's actually Bane Bloodhoof that steps up and he's like, he does a great job. Because um, he, he talks through, he's like, I know what it's like to lose a father. He does mm-hmm. a lot of, he sympathizes with her. And Sylvanas is like, yeah, yes, I'm sorry, he's dead and your ships are gone. It, like, she's very cold about it. But mm-hmm. Bane's like, no, I, we won't leave you. Like, the Hordes family, like, now that this horrible thing has happened, we're not just going to turn our backs on you. We're going to help you rebuild. And um, the Alliance, for some reason, thought that this would, like, separate us, like, created a division between the Horde and the, the Zandalari. But I'm like, the Horde is all uh-huh. here, and they also don't like the Alliance, so it's like, this feels like a really stupid plan. Like, yeah, let's attack them, because attacking them and having those two factions fight together will make them hate each other. Uh-huh. I just... It seems a little backwards. It's the same thing that Sylvanas wanted to do by like, oh, I'm going to force Anduin to have to choose between helping Gen or helping the, the, the Night Elves, you know, and, or if he helps the Night Elves and Gen's going to be all upset. Like, why didn't you help the Gilnaeans when we needed it? And no, they all got along just fine. They're like, yeah, we understand what's going on. You know, the Horde is terrible. Let's all work together. And We're like rational people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's a good, uh, that's kind of a good point to, to start wrapping up this. For tonight, at least, we're going on uh, almost on a couple hours. It's a lot of story, a lot that we dug into, a lot of a lot that we glossed over, and uh, you know we lost uh, and gained Daryl several times along the way. So even touch the alliance. <laughs> I know he's talking, but I can't hear him. But all right, we will touch the alliance later, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> all right, any uh, any parting words of wisdom before we wrap this up, Nick? Let's start with you. <sighs> I got nothing. We will My voice is shot. We will touch the alliance. <laughs> I know, you've been a trooper, man. After uh, postponing it a couple of times, uh, finally getting into it now, um, you could tell we're, we're taking a toll on you, Nick. How about Katie? What do you got? Um, <laughs> I think it's... The story's going to go in a lot of different directions. Um, oh, bourbon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Daryl has been holding we're, up his Yeah, we're getting a signal flare from Daryl. We are. You need so, the medicine of the grown-up medicine. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess the my, my one thing that I'm really kind of keeping an eye on is the whole Bonsamdi Voljin thing, because I think that's going to be really mm. interesting, even though it's kind of downplayed right now. But I think it might be interesting to see, you know, where we start to go into, um, oh, not Nazmir, um, the Naga City. Come on, Nick. Oh, help me no. uh, Nazitar. Right, to keep an eye on, like, as we go forward, try and keep an eye on things that are behind us, because that's, I have a feeling they're going to be, I don't know, creating yeah, interesting shoot, bits man. behind yeah. us. That's a lot of crazy stuff. Yeah. Coming I'm up. like, yeah, oh, man. Somehow we, on <laughs> somehow I think we avoided spoilers tonight, but, mm-hmm. all right, well. <laughs> we're in there, they're in there if you look for them. Well, this, yeah. if it's happened, it's not a spoiler, really, but, 
no uh i really really appreciate some of the uh, insightful at least looking back on things and, and putting a bow and tying some of the stuff together that you guys did for us so uh, i'm gonna go ahead and wrap this up though if you guys haven't already make sure you come and join the official training dummies discord server at discord.me slash ttd it is the best way to keep in touch and get real-time interaction with us and our wonderful community as well as the awesome guests like Nick and Katie that you've heard here on the show tonight. That is discord.me slash TTD. And since we are streaming our shows live, make sure you head over to twitch.tv slash the training dummies and give us a follow so you know when we fire up the stream. Hit it. It takes two to make a thing go right. I don't think we're going to get any of uh, that. Daryl can drop that in afterwards. Uh, shout outs. Rob, what do you got for us tonight? Hey, good job, Rob, on getting the, uh, uh, the big love, dumb love rocket. Uh, thanks for holding it down tonight. I'm giving you Daryl's shout-outs. Thanks for holding it down tonight as my internet went to crap and nothing was working. Rob, what do you got? Hey, whatever he said. That's cool. Uh, Nick, what are your shout-outs for tonight? I want to give a <laughs> shout-out to everybody that's still listening because I mean, this has been a long, uh, long show. Uh, and also, real quickly, a shout-out to my brother-in-law for watching my kid earlier this evening so my wife and I could go out and get sushi. So thank you for that. Heck yeah. Nice. Brother-in-law's is for the win. Katie, what do you got? Uh, I guess I'm also giving a shout out to everyone that's been listening this far. Awesome. If you're interested in the <laughs> lore, keep at it. It's a lot of fun. I would encourage you to listening. Also, shout out to uh, my goblin brethren out there, brothers and sisters. <laughs> I'd be remiss if I didn't shout out to my three goblins in the pot. Three goblins in trench coat <laughs> podcast mates. So uh, go check uh, them out if you awesome. want some really crazy zany. And uh, I missed this a second ago, but huge shout out and uh, props to the raid team. We got two new progression bosses down uh, this week, and it was awesome. And it felt really nasty um, killing King Rostakon and not and not getting any loot. That feels feels really bad. But <laughs> we're uh, we finally hit the point where you are no longer alliance in the raid. You switch back over to being horde, so it was like a breath of fresh air. Get my racial abilities back. Everything's good. Mm-hmm. All right. All right, uh, let's see. Before we wrap this up, you guys, where can people reach you, find you, say hi to you, poke you, send you a note, smoke signals, uh, order you something off your Amazon wish list, ask you questions about this, anything else? Katie, go. Uh, you can find me at HyruleMaster77 on Twitter. You can also find me on Torin the Goblin. And you can also find me on Three Goblins of Trenchcoat and Azeroth <laughs> Book Club when we record it. So I guess it's a lot of places uh, in total. <laughs> awesome. All right, Nick, go. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WookieBH. Uh, you can also find me over at Mash Those Buttons. I'm on Wow Talk, uh, and also again the Torn of the Goblin with Katie. Uh, so check those out. Uh, yeah, thank you. All right, that wraps up episode two through five of the Training Dummies. Thanks for uh, sticking around, hanging out with us. You can find this and past episodes of the show over on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and thetrainingdummies.com. And just remember, we are all jackasses with Mike. So until next time, choo choo, chugga chugga. Insert bumper here. Have a good night.